Hello and welcome to a instant installment of the Scrum, the WGBH podcast where we talk about politics and media from Beacon Hill to the Beltway. We are here outside Marty Walsh's State of the City speech, which just concluded, and I'm trying to catch uh, various people, maybe some elected officials, uh, some interested citizens, uh, some journalists perhaps to get their take on what the mayor said and what he didn't say. Senator President, may I ask you, I'm Adam Riley from GBH, just looking for instant reactions to what you heard from the mayor today. Well, I thought the mayor was very positive and very confident in the direction that the city is going in and the capacity of his staff and his team to keep things moving in a positive way. I thought it was a very good speech by the mayor. I thought it was a great improvement over last year. Not that he did poorly, but he was very confident tonight. Let me ask you, you know Beacon Hill fairly well. What do you think the odds are on his early childhood education uh, legislative proposal? He's going to have to make it a, a legislative priority. He can go up there with some degree of, of influence and talk to the governor and talk to the leadership and the branches and tell them that this is very important to the city. And if he makes this a top priority, he might come away with something. Okay, now i got to ask you, is the right honorific for you, Senate President? Do I start you, Senate President, in perpetuity? Is that how I should always address you? Thank you, Senate <laughs> no, President. No, Trav. Trav is fine. Thank you, Trav. So that, as you probably gathered, was uh, Robert Travellini, the former president of the Massachusetts State Senate, now a high-powered lobbyist. Matt O'Malley, city councilor, can I get an instant reaction from you to the mayor's speech? What do you think? Uh, I thought he did a really strong job. You know, he seemed confident. Um, clearly, he has a lot of great successes over the last year to talk about, and I appreciated his comments, um, particularly when it came to really uh, focusing and his his commitment to public education, uh, looking towards uh, hopefully getting a fifteen dollar minimum wage. Something that I was ha- glad to hear and. Redoubling his effort to parks, playgrounds. Uh, I thought it was a really solid job by the mayor tonight. The minimum wage piece actually got huge cheers from the uh, Boston English students who were sitting yeah. to my right. One of them was shouting, thank you, thank you. Okay, what's the story with this making Boston the most age-friendly city in the country thing? Do you know what what's going on? It was the first I heard of it today, but it's something that I, I care deeply about. You know, in my district, West Roxbury, part of my district, boasts uh, the highest percentage of seniors aging in place. It's about a quarter. Um you know, we do some great work with the elderly commission. We do some great work around transportation, but there's clearly more we can do. So I was glad to hear uh, the mayor underscore that as well. All right, City Councilor Matt O'Malley, thank you. Good oh, to talk great to you. To see you, Adam. Be well. Can I hit you up for an instant Adam? reaction, Julie? Yeah. Yes, can I? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Media? no, I can't. Yeah, I'm you can't. I don't remember the media. You're an informed Adam, right? observer. You're never going to get that desperate. You have to interview us, right? So, so I'm here with Shelley Cohen and Julie Mahegan from the Boston Herald editorial page, and I would love to get their take on what the mayor said and what he didn't say. What did you think of his speech? Um, well-crafted, well-delivered, and we thought he... I like the rhetoric even better than the programmatic stuff. The, the idea that we need to find common ground. I mean, what's not to On like schools in particular, that? right? Mm-hmm. And um, so I just, I love those little touches. And, uh, you know, the programmatic stuff, we can get back to that. I got to ask you, were you surprised that there was no reference to the big fight over the Olympics? Or was that your expectation? The big fight over what? 
Oh, sorry. Were you surprised there was no discussion of the big Olympic battle of 2015? Or would you have guessed that the mayor wasn't going to bring that up? I think the less said about that, the better. Although, just to preview tomorrow's editorial, we do make passing reference to what a distraction that was and how we're very happy it's all over. And perhaps this just proves the point. Rochelle Cohen, editor of the Boston Herald's editorial page. I look forward to reading it. Thank you. Bye, Julie. Bye, Adam. I didn't mean to sneak out. Oh, no, no, no. Not at all. Thanks. All right, so now we've got Sam Tyler, the head of the all-powerful Boston Municipal Research Bureau. Sam, you've seen a fair share of these in your time. What did you think of Marty Walsh's speech tonight? Well, I thought, you know, the, uh, halfway through his first term, it was upbeat, uh, very positive. I think the issues of education, housing, uh, you know, public safety, all the issues they touched on were appropriate. You know, I, th- I thought for housing, uh, what I was missing was more on, on middle-income housing, which is the toughest housing to build in this city. And, and just to jump in for a second, when you talk about middle-income housing, what range of housing prices are you talking about? Well, it's more in terms of income. It's, so it's like eighty to 120000 in annual income. Uh, and that's critical for the business community that's, that wants to fill jobs, but housing is a, a problem. It's critical for graduates who would like to stay here in Boston, but housing is a problem. Also, I think, you know, I didn't hear anything about uh, collective bargaining. All the contracts are up. That's, that's a huge uh, challenge for the administration. Uh, but education, also important. Uh, you know, basically, this, the city is, being, is funding the schools fine. There's a protest because of some cuts that are being planned for schools. Right outside here tonight, right? Right outside yeah, City Hall? You know, for the last several years, the city has spent 35% of its total budget on schools, so for the last five years, school spending has increased by 24%. Police and fire combined are only an increase of 18%. Wow! So the schools are being well funded. They've just got they've got to address issues like excess capacity, not making the changes because they, you know, losing students to charter schools. So, uh, but you know, I think very positive and and uh, you know expected you know in terms of. Uh, you know, halfway through the first term. Let me ask you one final question. The mayor seemed to issue a sort of a broad call for comedy on the school's front between proponents of charter schools and people who feel that charters take away valuable resources from district schools. Uh, Do you think that's a realistic pitch for the mayor to make? Is it possible to find that kind of middle ground or transcend the back and forth on that issue? I do if if the city continues to support the schools at around 35% of the budget. That that means that the charter school issue of losing Chapter 70 education dollars hasn't had much of an impact on the Boston Public Schools. It's had an impact on the city as a whole in terms of less revenue, but it's also 9,000 less students. So, and I, But I think that it's important that the charter schools, Commonwealth charter schools, be part of the whole fabric of, of education in Boston uh, so that they be, they're part of the feeder system and quality schools as we move from elementary to high school. All right, Sam Tyler, head of the BMRB, thank you for taking the time. Talk to you later. Wait a minute, we have uh, uh, State Legislator Aaron Michaelwitz. Instant reaction to the mayor's speech, you want to take a pass? Yeah, no, no, well, 
Yeah, just what you, do you think of, uh, of what the mayor had to say tonight? Uh, I thought he delivered a very strong speech, and um, you know, the city's in really good shape, and uh, the mayor deserves a lot of credit for that, and I'm looking forward for the next year and, and uh, moving forward. I know we got some challenges in front of us, you know, education being one of them, but I think uh, you know, he, he laid out a good agenda for the, for the upcoming year. What was your favorite part of the speech? You had to pick one. Uh, his, his emphasis on affordable housing and, try, and, and, and the new direction they want to take in terms of trying to keep people uh, you know, staying in these communities. He mentioned the Onluck House, which is in my district in Chinatown, uh, something I'm very proud of that we were able to work on uh, over the years and, uh, and a good example that of, of keeping people in their community as the cost of housing goes up so much. Aaron, thank you. Thank you. Good to you. I'm Sam. I'm Sam. Councilor Preston. How's it going? Excellent. State Representative Rushing. Quick question for you. We'll be right here, Sam. State Representative Byron Rushing. I am uh, Adam Riley from WGBH, wondering if I might be able to get your take on uh, the mayor's speech here tonight. I thought, this, I, thought, I thought it was a good speech. I thought it was inspiring. Um, and I thought he covered uh, most of the bases that need to be covered. Right, right. When you say most of the bases that need to be covered, uh, can you give me an example of a base that he did not cover? I think that I, I think that the, the the I think that the, that that he has not figured out a way of of addressing the whole issue of the incredible economic disparity that is growing in the city. He mentioned the word that I suspect he might have been the first mayor to mention, which was class. He talked about race and class. This is a, th- th- we have a serious problem not only of racism but classism in this city, and we need to, and, and it is absolutely right that we need to address both. So I've, I was I was happy that he mentioned it. We do need to have that plan. They have to have people sitting around and addressing it. Remind me, there was a study that just came out a few days that ago, right? That said that, that we we're the, one of the most have one of the largest dis- disparities. My recollection is the largest disparity, right, right. of any American that's, city. That's right. And so, so I, 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 you know, I haven't read the report, so I have to. I always modify. That's two of us. My, <laughs> my analysis of it. So I say one of the highest. Um, and but I think that is just a serious problem, and. We have um, uh, are a city where we where we see that disparity in very for, for many years ago in very contained places. You know, we, so we talk could talk about gentrified neighborhoods. We might be having we might be on the point of having a gentrified city, and and it is it would not take much for for the whole city of Boston to become a Manhattan, right? So it is a serious problem. I think he, 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 he certainly didn't, he wasn't scared to mention the word. He now has to work with everybody to develop that plan. All right, State Rep. Byron Rushing, thank you. Appreciate it. So, City Councilor Ayanna Presley, sorry to take you by surprise there, standing right behind you. So, uh, we're just interested in your take on the mayor's speech tonight. What did you like? Uh, what did you maybe not like? Or what did you hope was going to be in there that you didn't hear? Well, I'll tell you what I appreciated is that I think um, oftentimes people are have a tendency in a state of the city to just take a victory lap. And I appreciate that, um, you know, we highlighted uh, some successes, um, but also was very honest about the challenges that still face us as a city. Um, Where did that honesty come through most clearly to your ear? On the schools and also on the issue of uh, inequality. 
and equality and wealth. And those were the two issues at the fore of my mind, and in particular, uh, the schools. I mean, all of the, the disparity uh, that we're dealing with when it comes to affordable housing, uh, wealth inequality, the wealth gap, it all begins there. Um, you know, I, I do want to say that I appreciate the commitment to early education, but as important as it is that all of our children have a strong start, they also have to have a strong finish. And I don't want us to lose sight of that. So I will be watching very closely. I mean, we don't have the budget yet, but what has been forecasted and the potential implication on high schools is incredibly worrisome. We've expanded pre-K uh, seats. Um, we want parents to know that if they buy into this system, um, that their child after elementary school is not going to fall off a cliff, but that we are ensuring that there's an equity and opportunity and excellence K through 12, not just early ed, K through 12. For any listeners who might not be as informed as they should be or any members of the media, what has been forecasted that has you A concerned? A $50 million deficit. And again, the, the brunt of the lion's share of that impact being bore by our high schools. Um, but I also appreciate uh, the mayor speaking to the challenges we face a, as a city and any other urban school district. I mean, the, the issue of, uh, in a, of equity is a problem facing every urban school district. This is not a problem that is an anomaly or unique to Boston. We are not an outlier. This is a problem for Springfield, for Lawrence, for Holyoke, for Brockton. And we have got to work with our friends at the state around charter school reimbursement. And, you know, with the Chapter 70 funding, it's been stagnant. You know, so there, is a, there are real funding formula challenges there. But I do also want to say that, um, you know, for me personally, I saw the, the parents and the, the activists and the advocates and the students outside, and, you know, we celebrate that. That's democracy. This was the State of the City protest, right? Correct. Um, and people were holding up signs that said fully fund our schools. And I have to just say that I don't know you know entirely what that means. I do want to make sure that we see a greater investment because with that investment we can address these deficits and outcomes. You know if we're going to have GE here we have to make sure that we are building a bench and a pipeline into those opportunities. Very often employers will come here and say we don't know where to find people. If they can't find them then we need them to make the investment to build that bench and again that's why it's critically important that we are seeing these strategic investments in our schools K through 12. And so what's been forecasted is worrisome, but it's important to recognize this is at the very beginning of a budget process. But I will be closely following the impact on um, our SPED students, our high school students, uh, and just making sure that we are creating pathways. All right, City Councilor Ayanna Presley, thank you. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for your interest. Okay. All right, Peter Kadzis, you get the last word. We've had a whole bunch of luminaries weigh in here tonight. Uh, I'm not going to list them all because I don't want to intimidate you, but what did you think of the mayor's speech? By the way, wait, how many of these have you been to? This is my 22nd state of the city speech. Um, I don't know whether that's a boast or a lament. I got to say, having said that, um, this was short, sweet, and to the point. Um, the first thing that struck me is that the mayor as a public speaker has really improved. Um, uh, very smooth, uh, very good, big improvement. 
this. By the way, just so you know, that is the first thing, maybe not the first thing, but that's one of the points that Bob Travellini, the former state senate president, made. Much more confident than last year, he said. Yeah. Well, I think he has reason to be confident. He's, he's doing a, you know, generally doing a good job. He's got good political instincts, and he knows how to dance away from trouble. Still, um, I would say, um, let's talk about trouble then. Um, I think he's playing a bit of a shell game with the Boston Public Schools. Um, now, having said that, I'll say, I have no doubt that a year from now, um, the, the school situation will be much more under control. But um, to claim that they're going to be spending more money is a little bit disingenuous. Yes, they're going to spend more money, but the rate of spending is outstripping um, the, the, the city's ability to meet its needs. It's very much like the state budget, the Massachusetts state budget. So it's, it's, it's out of control. That's not out of control, but not, it, 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 it's, um, look, rising health care costs in and of itself are a problem. Um, the city doesn't control that. It's welcome that the city's going to cut $20 million from the central office. That's long overdue. But the fact remains that there's, there's uh, 9,000 students have left the school system. That costs the city about $20 million. We're facing a $50 million budget shortfall. $20 million cut from the central office a year ago. $20 million cut, you know, from excess capacity. And all of a sudden, that's whittled down to $10 million. What I'm saying is simplistic. But um, what the mayor has to worry about in terms of the way he's presented the school spending issue is that activist parents who know much more than the average citizen, I think they're going to be ticked off. Um, I'll tell you, before this, uh, uh, before the GE, right after, rather, the GE announcement was made, a number of neighborhood forums that I follow online I was surprised at how angry people were. These are school parents like, sure, we give GE a tax break. Uh, our own taxes are going up because of reevaluation, and now there's going to be budget cuts. That's a toxic brew. By the way, it's not fair, but it's a toxic brew. The big positive news tonight was about the police department. And I think the mayor of Boston and uh, Commissioner Evans um, have done something that hasn't been done in another major city in the United States. They've cut crime, they've cut arrests, and they've increased the clearance rate for murders. That is a triple play that any urban chief executive would be proud of. That's what I have to think. But... How about you? What do you think? I really didn't want to have to weigh in at all because everything everyone else has said is much, much better than anything I could offer. I, I will tell you this. The, the most conspicuous absence in this speech, to my mind, and I was going back and forth on Twitter about this, was any reference to the big battle over the Olympic bid last year. I thought it was a chance for the mayor, and I think he's already done this a little bit, so maybe he didn't need to in the speech. I thought it was a chance for him to talk a little bit about how he has grown through that process, how he thinks about community engagement differently, you know, lessons learned, that sort of thing. 
Uh, he chose not to take it. Maybe I can't fault him. I'm not surprised, but I do think it was a missed opportunity. Uh, I, my ears pricked up when I heard about that Office of Housing Stability. My ears also pricked up maybe because my 77-year-old mother recently moved to Massachusetts when he talked about making Boston the most age-friendly city in America. I don't know what that would entail, but it sounds good. So that, that's my short list. If I could just uh, differ with you on one, one point. We in the chattering classes still remain obsessed by the Olympics. The rest of Boston has moved on, over and done with. And I, I understand what you're saying, but um, Boston's moved on from that. By the same token, you just put your finger on something. The mayor is making real strides in making Boston an, an elder friendly city. Our population's aging, and that's something that most people don't know about. I'm intrigued by this idea of housing stability, but I don't know anything about it. Let's see what happens. Maybe we could do an episode on it in the future. Why not? If you insist. All right. Peter Kadzis, thanks as always, and thank you as always for listening to The Scrum. I'm Adam Riley. That is going to do it for this Insta Scrum episode.